0: Good evening and welcome to Redacted Gentlemen. We are your hosts. I am Chuck Finley, and John Falco is here with Yota. us. Uh, if you've been listening, uh, we, of course, are a few intelligence officers.
1: If you are just finding out about this and you clicked on this, I would go back and listen to our intro episode. It's going to give you a quick little background. It's about ten minutes long um, on uh, as to what we are doing, are not doing here, our backgrounds, and whatnot, which will give you some again some some uh, context
0: so uh today first episode official episode we are going to be talking about ufos do they exist and why has the government or has the government been denying their existence
1: this is by yeah. far the number one most requested thing um we put out a little poll uh, just on my personal instagram and and i want to say there was four or five people that mentioned this it's it's incredibly intriguing when you say intelligence to anyone that's that's never um dug into the intelligence community, or the IC, as we call it, the first thing they always ask is either aliens or JFK. JFK, we don't really have any further data, but who knows, maybe we'll attack that another day. But here we are.
0: Do UFOs exist? Uh, so we got to first, we're going to define aliens, right? Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we are kind of talking about aliens here, but more importantly, what we're actually going to talk about is verifiable. As we said, we're going to talk about what is verifiable, what is fact- and we don't know if there's a little green men or gray men or whatever camp you want to fall into running around, but you know what we do know is we have uh, what we term in the government as unexplained aerial phenomena, or UAP. <laughs> uh, the common public knows us as UFOs. Yes. Uh, and that is what we're actually going to be discussing here today is UAPs. Do we know they exist? Do they exist? Does the government mm-hmm. still cover it up? But a lot of people are asking about uh, why has the government covered it up? Yeah. Up until actually, and I will say up until last year, uh, there was a, a, actually this year, there was a New York Times, Or uh, was it, who was it, New York Times?
1: Yeah, it was the, it was the Times Times article. Yeah, it was yeah. the
0: Times. Yeah, it was a Times article uh, that came out and they discussed the existence of these UAPs uh, and actually, the, the Department of Defense through the Navy, they released some videos uh, f- taken from fighter aircraft, the F-8, F-18s to be exact, uh, of these UAPs. And they were making a lot of maneuvers, uh, things that we cannot explain. Mm-hmm. But uh, at that point, the government, I, I feel safe to say, I don't know about you, John, but I feel safe to say yeah. the government has fully admitted, okay, guys, these things exist.
1: Yeah yeah we are and again that just a quick background that new york times art, article it's from july 23rd 2020 um it's uh by ralph blumenthal and leslie Keene. and the title of it is no longer in shadows pentagon's ufo unit will make some findings public and we're going to give you a, a, a big background um uh, you know about about everything from 1947 to today um here and why um why we come to the session we do at the end Okay. Right, there, yes, I am here. Right, Sorry. I'm here. All right, we're back. Sorry about that folks. Uh, we're still learning the technology apparently.
0: Uh so right, we were just t- uh, discussing uh the New York Times article uh that yes. came out this year mm-hmm. uh which fully admitted to the existence of these UAPs. Correct. Uh, and what what does that exactly mean? These UAPs are out there. So what 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 does that mean to us, John?
1: Yeah. So well first, uh, it's important to say UAP unidentified aerial phenomenon is the exact same thing as UFO um, or flying saucer. These are all different words that the government has used over the years. Um, And what you're going to notice as we talk about a lot of things, the challenge with discussing this is that aliens and UFOs or UAPs or flying saucer, there's an incredible stigma around this. And the men and women, historically men, of course, because we're talking about the 40s, right? That... Would have hypothetically been in charge of releasing this data or digging more into this data, had to fight this stigma. If you're you're a general in the Air Force, if you're a general in the Army Air Corps, if you're a president of the United States, if you're a congressman or congresswoman, being the one that comes out and says, hey, UFOs exist, you know, could be detrimental. I know it's this is really tough. You know, the level of transparency that we're seeing now with this New York Times article, which was. You know, clearly pushed by a government source, um, is is really unprecedented, and and I think that's fantastic for us as Americans. It's fantastic for us as IC members, um, and frankly, it's fantastic for this podcast. And since we've all been focused on somewhere between politics and coronavirus, right? Yeah. And so let's let's just uh, step back a minute and let's let's talk a
0: little bit about how we got here, why we got here. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the questions that we got when we put this out there, we're like, Hey guys, we're doing this podcast. What do you want to hear us talk about? And everybody was talking about aliens. Yeah. And amazingly to me, a lot of people are like, Hey, why does the government still deny that aliens exist? Mm -hmm. Well, so it was sometime I'm just going to say in the period of the last two years uh, that it actually got put out there onto our IC information systems, right? We have, mm-hmm. we have different information systems, kind of an internet, if you will, uh, for the top secret side of things. And when the government decided to put together this task force that was part of releasing that article that we mentioned, uh, they put it out there to the IC as a whole. And they said, hey, guys, listen, basically, we want to know, is anybody seeing anything? We're trying to lose the stigma. It came back resounding as an IC as a whole, hey, this is a great April Fool's joke, guys. What What? What are you talking about? <laughs> and it was, as an as an intelligence officer, it was, I'm not going to call it a watershed moment, but it's one of those moments where you have to stop and you go, oh, well, we're talking about this now.
1: Yeah, this Shit. is a thing. <laughs> this is a thing. We are talking about aliens. You know, you know what uh, what Chuck will tell you is that you know you go to work as an intel guy or gal. Um, you know, unless you're kicking indoors, uh, you know, in Afghanistan, you know, you're showing up in uh, you know if you're a civilian, you're showing up a shirt and tie. You're showing up in a uniform if you're military. You're sitting behind a desk. You're answering emails. To to come to work and 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 talk about aliens is exciting to say the least and incredibly intriguing. It's just it's just a totally different um, totally different realm. Uh, one thing I do want to hit on, you know, just because we throw out things, task force. Uh, so, what's a task force? Most of you guys out there probably know what a task force is, or what we might call a project. But just a real quick background: a task force is when you take a group of people, generally from different areas. Uh, you might take, let, let's say, we're going to have a task force for UAPs or UFOs. We might take some uh, some aircrew intelligence guys from the Air Force. We might take some signals intel, basically people that that listen into to to any type of signals communication radio as we might grab one of those from the navy so basically you're just taking a group of of people let's call it like um, the a team right or um, well hell how about uh, <laughs> the avengers right everyone has a different skill set just not <laughs> and you throw this team together to try to solve a problem or a thing yeah
0: and that's that's what this was about they 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 threw together this task force and they're like hey all right UAPs—they're becoming a thing. Yeah, let's try to talk about it openly.
1: And if you don't mind, uh, Chuck, I'd like to walk it back a little and just talk about how this isn't a new phenomenon. So let, right. let, let me give a quick, quick thing. So, so really, the let's call it the flying saucer, the UFO craze, really started in 1947. So, in June of 1947, there was an Army Air Force pilot who saw um, the. And let me use his exact words. He saw nine blue, glowing objects flying fast, what he thought was about 1,700 miles per hour in a V formation. This was over Mount Rainier on June 24, 1947. Clearly, there was no technology that would match that. Um, they never dug into it too much. Um, there was, but one, one thing we do know is the government said whether this was true or not that they were not conducting any tests. And that just blew up uh, um, in the media at the time. Again, in, the it was, in 1947, it was just newspapers. A few weeks later, later, a rancher in New Mexico finds a bunch of debris, and he reaches out to the Army Air Force, and the folks from the Roswell Army Air Force Base come over and start digging through. An article ends up in the local paper in Roswell, New Mexico, which ad- initially says that flying saucers were 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 found. That material for flying saucers was found. Army Air Force uh, uh, essentially came back and, and and asked the paper to redact that story, saying it is it is a a flying balloon. It was a balloon. And even now, even an Air Force study in the 90s um, released, they said, hey, no, it was absolutely a balloon. Um, the only other thing we really know about Roswell is that um, our current President Trump in June. Um, said he knew some, quote-unquote, very interesting things about Roswell. When, when uh, he was asked if he would disclose that, he said he would have to think about it. Now, uh, that doesn't really tell us anything that's very subjective. Obviously, you know, like, like the president or not, he does speak in hyperbole a lot, so we, we, we can't really dig too much into that. But what we do know right. is that shortly after July 1948, the, uh, the Army Air Force established something called Project SIGN, which was originally called Project Saucer, by the way, and they changed it to Project Sign. It went for a little bit less than a year, and ultimately it was shut down due to quote-unquote lack of proof. Now they they released they ended up releasing a, a report in nineteen forty nine that stated that there was quote not enough data to determine origin. I'm just going to stop you no, right no. there, John. Go okay. ahead, I'm
0: just stop you right there, and and let's that's a good point to bring in is we didn't know. At the time, if it was enemy in 1947, what are we talking about? We're talking about Russia. If we're seeing something, there's this whole arms race going on, right? There was an arms race going on prior to what was happening, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, A mega arms race going on with, with nuclear weapons, things like that. Everybody's trying to get one leg up on the other. Everybody wants the next great super weapon. And so from a government perspective... If we go out and we find something or we observe something and we say we literally have no idea what this is, that is going to be classified. Absolutely. And the reason it's going to be classified is we don't know if it is something that an enemy country has come up with, a new technology, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we don't know if they know. That we know. Yes. And so it is very we have to classify it at that point. It's very convoluted, but we have to classify it. It's not that the government went out there and said, ooh, aliens exist. We got to cover this up. It's not that there was this malicious intent by the government to hide technology or keep it from people. It's that we didn't, we literally didn't know.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And we looked at it and said, we don't know what this is. So until we do, this has to be classified.
1: And you and and Chuck, you're going to see this is consistent throughout this whole story. As a matter of fact, the whole reason they set up Project Sign and, and, and Project Saucer was not because of Roswell. It was because we were concerned that these things were, were were Soviet, that these things were were ultimately Russian, right? And guess what? Guess what? Senator Rubio, obviously our Florida senator here, who is who is the the head of the Senate uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee, the acting chair. He just came out and publicly started talking about this in the new UIP program, and, and what was his concern? He said, "Our biggest concern is that these things are over our military installations, and we don't know if it's a foreign government." You know, it, it's the same. It's this, and which is which is he, and he's right. It's true. We don't know if it's a foreign government, and if it is, we're concerned. Matter of fact, he even said, and he he got laughed at a little, but I think I think everyone will have a different perspective on this statement at the end of this podcast. He even said he preferred. That they were from a different world, then that he'd rather them be true extraterrestrials than them being Russia, Russian, or Chinese. Which, I, when I first heard that, I'm like, "Wow, that's a little bit ignorant." But that being said, wait till we get to the end of this podcast. I think I believe, I think personally, I think I agree with him. But 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 let's right. Yeah. And I, I,
0: I'm kind of with you there. Yeah. I mean, I I would I would prefer personally as being. Being someone whose current mission is to what? Defend the country. Oh, yeah. At the end of the day, that's what I do. I defend the country. And I would much rather know, okay, hey, maybe this is something that is extraterrestrial rather than Iran, China, or Russia oh, yeah. having a super mega leg
1: up on So let's assume our they just showed up in 1947, which is highly unlikely. But we know that at the very least, there's been 73 years of evidence that these things come in peace, that's one thing we do know. You know, they, they they may nuke us tomorrow, but one thing we do know is that there's been seventy-three years at least of of peaceful interaction with with Earth.
0: Yeah, at least there there have been some things that have been released, um, like the Iranian government released that uh, in 2012 uh, one of their their F-14 Tomcats. And got to caveat this. And this is what we we in Intel do a lot: is we caveat things, uh, meaning we know something, but we don't know everything about that thing. So in back in back in uh, back in, in twenty twelve, this incident happened, and they released it in twenty fourteen. Uh, an F fourteen Tomcat had a interaction with what they believed was a CIA drone, and they said, "Oh, the CIA drone was able to fly Mach 10. As far as we have technology, that's not even possible. Sure, yeah. um, but uh, it was targeted by an F-14, which lost all power and crashed to the ground. And that's about the only incident we yeah. can say where we've seen any sort of aggression. Yep. Uh, and that was actually, and I, as, as John said, that would be defensive in, in nature. Sure. Yeah, uh, It was being targeted. Maybe it couldn't get out in time. Maybe it didn't quite realize what they had done when they made the F-14 lose complete power. Being an older aircraft, not a modern one, yeah. it probably couldn't reset in time to recover. Mm-hmm. I would say, at least with, with moderate confidence, this is the first incidence we've actually seen of any sort of a a defensive measure or not an attack,
1: but at least something that resulted in a casual. Correct. Yeah. Th- there was an incident at was in late forties or fifties. Although the data is really, really sparse, an air force aircraft in the United States, the individual apparently was in a P-51 Mustang and was scrambled towards a UFO of sorts. All we know is that the aircraft was found, crashed, the pilot died. So we really don't know what that was. He could have, you know, he could have hit a, a mountain. We, we really don't know. But other than that, really the Iranian release is the only thing that we can, you know, at least speculate was a, an act of violence from one of these UAPs or UFOs. So, but let, let me get back real quick, just so we don't lose this thing, to the concept of us being concerned that this was a Soviet aircraft. So 1949, Project Saucer dies. They say, oh yeah, it's, you know, we don't have enough data, we don't have enough data. It dies. That same year, the Air Mobility Command um, which is a, a section of the Air Force now. This is 1949. The Air Force had just been established in 1947. Um, they reopened the program and they call it Project Grudge. Now, here's the issue with Project Grudge. It's what's considered the quote unquote dark ages of UFO research.
0: Yeah. John, I just want to just want to caveat yeah. here. This is published known fact. <laughs> right? These Correct. are not these are not conspiracy theories that we're talking about all of this stuff the government has absolutely admitted to this is out of released under foia documents correct yes that we now have yep. right so project grudge it's not like oh oh we think this happened and this is what this they is call confirmed. it no no. this is this is absolutely a, this is
1: confirmed fact yeah so in 1949 project grudge starts it, it lasts about a year they release a report it kind of crept into 1951 but this whole project was an absolute disaster. They went into it with a strong confirmation bias. Um, if you didn't listen to the intro episode, that means that you already know what's gonna happen. We already know in this case, they said UFOs don't exist, it, it, it's ridiculous, go prove why. And they handed the program to a lieutenant. A lieutenant is someone that's been in two to four years, a gentleman named Lieutenant Cummings, and they essentially strong arm him into uh, embracing this debunking directive. And they released this report that that and says that either these folks that saw these things were seeing things or they were psychotic. It's a really interesting conclusion. And so they kind of killed the program and Lieutenant Companies is just sitting there going to a dead-end job every day. And then on September 10th of 1951, a shit ton of UFOs show up over Fort Monmouth, New Jersey. And... They get radar confirmation, they get visual confirmation, a whole bunch of soldiers and airmen out there see these things. Lieutenant Cummings wakes up, spills his coffee on himself probably like like every other movie, uh, ends up going out there to New Jersey with a Lieutenant Colonel who just got strapped to him just to make it more important, uh, who's a high ranking individual. And they get all of these statements and they get invited to the Pentagon. And this is an anomaly. This was a program that was a dead program. They were just spinning wheels. And they go meet with a general named Major General Cabell, At the time, he was the head of Air Force Intelligence. And Lieutenant Cummings, and this is all documented, by the way. It's all released by, by the U.S. government. Lieutenant Cummings, he basically asked for the permission, permission to speak freely. And he tells the general, General, not only are these things real, but let me tell you a little bit about Project Sign and how they shut us down. Let, let me tell you a little bit about Project Grudge on how it was a joke and the major general he fucking flips and he says are you kidding me he said you know these things can be incredibly detrimental um, not not to pat ourselves on the back but finally an intel guy gets involved right so he he comes in and he says we're going to start something called project blue book and I, and it becomes a project that goes from 19 i guess you could extend it to 47 but essentially 1951 all the way to 1969 and, and it is it's manned heavily it has gen, uh, intelligence oversight and they end up, and their whole job is to, to, to research UFO sightings and to learn more about UFOs, which is what they were calling them at the time. They had reports of 12,618 UFO sightings, 700, 701 in which they not only confirmed with another source, but confirmed that they were unidentified. There's right now in the National Archives, if you for some god-awful reason want to do this, there's 37 cubic feet of papers related to Project Blue Book. Just to give you an idea. That's a stack of papers, six stories high. So, so ultimately it gets to the point where, okay, these things exist. And then guess what? 1969 comes about. Now we're in the space race. We really don't like the Soviets. They randomly shut down the program and they released three conclusions. one, There's no threat to national security from these things Two, that oh the tech that we've seen in these 12,600 sightings, uh, it could probably, there's no evidence that it's, that we don't have this technology. And the third thing is that, Oh, there's no evidence that these things are extraterrestrial. So that's objectively, we know that happened subjectively. One could come to the conjecture that this program never died. And ultimately they found out some things, maybe they didn't want to share anything with the Soviets. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm being, this is conjecture to a, certain, to a certain extent, but given the timing, it, it, it seems like they just compartmentalized or essentially put this uh, in a special access program or a SAP, but just really locked down this classification. And they have not yet released um, data from 1969 to, uh, w- when was it, Chuck, that, I mean, was it 2017, 16, I think, that they picked it up?
0: There's no release between those dates um, at this time. I I can't even speak to it, but there is no release at this time for a lot of that data. You're you're talking about a time which is in knee deep in the cold war. Yep. And as we know, as we know, a lot of the reasons these these programs get shut down or reduced in size is budget. Oh, sure. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about black budget out there, but I got to tell you, you know, from having been in this world for a while now, Budget is a pretty finite thing.
1: It'll shut you down.
0: And you can lose the capability real quick. Yeah.
1: So the only, I hate to say the most credible, but probably the most credibly certain aspects of it, um, source that there was anything going on, again, we're talking public information, between the, the late 60s, early 70s and current, is of course, and we have to mention him, Bob Lazar. So Bob Lazar, who is from Gables, Florida, right. by the way, he you know, was considered conspiracy theorist, but he, he was a, and there's a Netflix documentary, the documentary, it's really not worth talking about his past, but ultimately he claimed that he was working uh, in current Area 51, and his job was to investigate uh, this, this element called Element 115, which they believe powered these anti-matter reactors which he believed pirates there's no the government has never released a single shred of data to justify bob lazar's claims but that's a great transition element 115 and antimatter reactors and technical capabilities leading into exactly what you're going to talk about
0: the navy video the navy let's let's talk about absolutely These, these these navy videos that were released, absolutely. And why did we release them? I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about why the government classifies information. So why did the government at this point feel like it's okay to release these videos? Well, one, it's it's utilizing what we call, like, as we said in our intro episode, we we like to protect our sources and methods. And these videos were shot using what we call EOIR, that's Electro-Optical Infrared, right? So these, this is basically, it's a a camera system mounted onto, in this case, an F-18. And at this point, everybody in the world's got oh, it. Oh, yeah. Heck, you could, you, could, you could buy a system on, on Amazon and have it in your house in two days that will give you just the same amount of resolution sure. in the Fantastic. infrared spectrum as, as this system. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And so this technology's out there. So at this point, the government doesn't really need to protect this data. Because Iran, China, Russia, they've all got the same stuff and they know what it's capable of.
1: Yeah. Ultimately, these videos and what Chuck's getting at here, they really, there's really nothing in here that could cause damage to the United States. So they were disclosed.
0: Right. So they decided to disclose these. They released them to the public. And for anybody that's worked in the IC or you know has worked on these sort of systems and what you're watching is absolutely amazing. What we're seeing is is a craft that is capable of flying at extreme speeds stopping immediately and making a 90 degree yeah. turn and, and that by our definitions of everything we have in propulsion everything we understand
1: is in it's 100 percent impossible and, and matter of fact they actually brought in there were some reports about them bringing in Elon Musk and a couple other, you know, visionaries of our time. And no one's seen anything that, that, that is possible. You know, it, it's just, it's, it's
0: impossible. Right. And, and that's, those reports were published. They brought them in prior to releasing. Mm-hmm. Part of the release methods is they brought these guys in, all the, the top heads, uh, you know, they consulted people, and they all looked at it and said, well, this is impossible, except if you have a way
1: to manipulate gravity itself. Exactly. Exactly. And And that's really what all of this boils down to. And gravity is a relatively weak force, but it's fucking persistent. Both Chuck and I have worked with many, many, many pilots. And pilots are, they're not just flying around. They are incredibly intelligent men and women, and they are read into just about as many programs as anyone in the military outside of folks, you know, it, deep in the IC. So the fact that, and, and I just, you got to, If you're listening to this episode, you got to go watch these Navy videos. They're all the way, all over on the internet. Uh, check out the New York times article. there are in there. These guys are astonished. They're, they're kids on Christmas. And they're looking at these, these flying saucers, zipping around, taking off, floating around. And it's a, uh, I mean, it, it's something, as an Intel guy, you look at and you're like,
0: this, either A, somebody has come up with some amazing technology we haven't discovered, or B, this has to be extraterrestrial. And speaking of that technology, this, this brings us back to Bob Lazar, and I don't want to get too deep yeah. into it, because we can't verify any of his story, right? But what we do know is that back in the 80s, he was talking about this Element 115 and how this element when charged was able to affect gravity Mm -hmm. and as someone who looks at these navy videos now hears the experts talk about it and knows that the only way these craft can do that is through affecting gravity that gives some credence to his story he
1: has some idea about what he's talking about and and the aircraft that he describes looks exactly like what we see in the Navy videos. And it was, just watch the document. It's very, it's very uh, intriguing. Was he right? I can't say, but
0: again, he did do something that, that broke the laws of our country. And if, if this was not extraterrestrial, could have eventually
1: put American lives. in Yeah, certainly. And, you know, and, and he, he certainly did disclose information that he, you know, took a pledge not to disclose, but, um, when you look at what he said, the one thing about conspiracy theorists is they tend to know everything. And, and I say that a little tongue in cheek, but rarely do they state what we call gaps in their knowledge, intelligence gaps. One thing about uh, Bob Lazar, which is intriguing, is he specifically said, yeah, you know, I heard rumors about there being an alien here, but I never saw it. And no, no one really confirmed it. The methods in which they handled him, where they compartmentalized him, so One thing we do in the military is if we're working with folks that are not necessarily uh, military folks or experienced intelligence folks or or experienced department of defense folks, say we're working with scientists, let's say we're building a um, oven and it's a classified oven. And we're going to take Chuck and he's a PhD and we're going to put him on designing the the heating elements. We're going to take John and he's a PhD. Disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. I am not a (laughs) PhD. (laughs) <laughs> yes, no, none of us are PhDs. But um and then and John here, he's a he's a PhD which I'm not. He's going to work on the knobs. And John and Chuck, you cannot talk to each other. And, and uh you know basically the sum being greater than the parts. So but if you separate those parts, you have inherent um protection of data. So the way Bob Lazar talks, it is consistent with that. You know, so so that is the one thing that shocks me a little bit about him. We do know he worked for the Department of Defense. We do know he did some development. That's been confirmed. But, you know, I could, I could pack bags with rice all day, and I could go home and tell my wife it's gold. So we really can't dig too much of what Bob Lazar was saying, except for the fact that it's certainly intriguing within the context of everything else we're discussing here.
0: At this point, let's, let's go over mm-hmm. the facts. The facts are the U.S. government has confirmed, as have other governments around the world, there are these unexplained aerial UFOs. They're able to move if they exist. And we'll say that right now. UFOs, UAPs, they do exist. Who's driving them? We have no idea. We do not know. But we know they're capable of extreme speed. We know that they are capable of making these pinpoint maneuvers, which can only be achieved if you can manipulate gravity. And that brings us to the next part. If you can manipulate gravity, according to the theory of special relativity, if you can manipulate gravity, you can manipulate
1: Yes, time. well, but I guess we're getting into, to talk about what these things are. So we know they exist. We know things are flying around.
0: Right. What, what do we know? What can we say about For what sure. they are? Because generally, other than what they can do, we don't know. So what can we – and this is, this is an estimate. This is an intelligence estimate. This is where we're starting to use these analytic methods based on our facts And we can apply what we call degrees of confidence based to extrapolate that information and say, okay, what can we estimate about
1: what these things? Chuck, how do we know it's not a foreign government? How do we know it's not Russia? How do we know it's not China? Let's answer that question first. I think that's the most important one right now. How do we know it's not them?
0: Well, we know it's not them simply because no government on earth has the capability to manipulate gravity to this degree. Not,
1: e- not even close. Uh,
0: and we, we have evidence from them. It's, it's out there on, on the internet. You can search all day. Search uh, Iran UFOs 2019. Search uh, Russia UFOs 2017. And things will come up. You will see these governments have their fighter pilots, their radar operators. They're talking about these craft. Back in uh, 2012, they thought it was a CIA drone. And it is not physically possible right now for our current understanding of physics for even an unmanned aircraft to accelerate from hovering to uh, mock. The air human body.
1: Yeah, if, if it seconds. is intelligent control, the human body, as we know, cannot we, we cannot take that. You will die. Your organs will smash against the inside of your body. You will have what's called, well, in this case it would be an acceleration injury. But think about if you're driving 120 miles an hour and you hit a brick wall, you die from your organs smashing against your body. It's called a deceleration injury because there are G-forces, there's gravity force, there's inertia. You can only stop that if you can control gravity. We had an, there was an astrophysicist that worked on this UAP program uh, and came out and said, yeah, you know, we have some materials and we know that these materials are not quote unquote of this earth. So, um, and we know that Elon Musk has come out and it's been released. We know Marco Rubio stated, and again, he's the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee and he's read into all this stuff. If he states that, then we don't really know that it's Russia or China. So, um, again, this is a bit of conjecture, but one could come to the conclusion that these are not of this world. And that, that has been stated. So, again, that is all public disclosure.
0: Right. So we can we can say and we're going to say it with medium confidence that it is not currently possible with humanity's understanding of physics for these to be the, the aircraft or spacecraft of any other government agency. Yeah. on. The so planet. we
1: know it's not modern humans. What else do we know? Where do these things go? Have we seen them coming? Have we seen them going? Uh, what do we know? I mean, if, if I watch Chuck Finley drive to his house. I know that's where he lives. What are... So the only thing that
0: we've seen for certain, and this is more recent history, right? As as our technology gets better, as our sensors get better, uh, they talk about this with a little bit with the Navy videos, uh, the Iranian documents. Uh, you'll find those actually on Instagram. The Iranian documents do actually talk about uh, the fact that we've seen these things come up from yeah. sea level, which is yep. interesting. Right. They start extremely low. You would imagine you'd say, oh, UFOs. Well, these come into the atmosphere, right? They they must burn into our atmosphere, but they're coming yeah. out of sea level, which we find incredibly mm-hmm. interesting. But they are capable, and actually there there was a NASA video yep. recently released uh from the ISS of one of these craft, and actually probably I would say the highest resolution. In the upper atmosphere, and the Iranians talk about this too that when their f14s went to go intercept them uh, that they accelerated to Mach ten and exited the atmosphere. Um, so what do we know? We know that for some reason they they tend to appear initially at sea level uh, coming up from the ocean. We have seen reports out there of mysterious holes in the ocean floor, which to me as an intelligence analyst, I would look at that and go, well, that is extremely interesting that these giant holes that have appeared in the ocean floor uh, do not coincide with any sort of tides. And they tend to occur in or when these things make an appearance. And again, we're, we're talking about a craft that we know is capable of manipulating gravity. And like I said earlier, if it can manipulate gravity, according to the theory of special relativity, it might be
1: able to manipulate time. Yeah, and what we're talking about here with time is very simple. Einstein said that, you know, we know time is relative. And we also know, uh, according to Einstein, that the only constant that we have found is the speed of light. Nothing can travel faster than the speed of light. So if I'm running a hundred meter dash and I'm traveling the speed of light, I cannot go any faster. But what if that, what if I made a hundred meters smaller? What if I shrunk that time? What if I shrunk that distance? That is, if you can control gravity, then you can control time. That is what's amazing about this whole thing, which by the way, incredible data that just popped out Two individuals, to include, an, I believe, an undergrad student and a PhD uh, a physicist out in Australia, have finally, the first time ever, and I believe this was released yesterday, it's a peer-reviewed article stating that time travel has been mathematically proven without paradoxes. Free will always impacts time travel, right? Call it back to the future, right? You know, basically, you go back in time, you mess things up. And in the future, things get messed up. It just doesn't make sense. And that's been one of the
0: major things for time travel is they said, well, if time travel was possible, we would know because they would have come back already and things would have been altered. But like you were saying, according to this paper, that that paradox doesn't have to exist. And they proved it mathematically, which is just absolutely blowing. It's amazing,
1: and it it is a massive step. So now let's just say, That an advanced culture, maybe it's someone with a diamond-shaped head and that's green with big eyes, or maybe it's just us in the future. And again, I'm approach. I wish I was a sound effect for warning. Warning, I'm approaching pure speculation. But why couldn't this just be us coming back? The easiest thing, you know, uh, to 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 come to a conclusion on is, oh, these must be aliens from Proxima Centauri from multiple light years away, and they just found a way to, you know, to zoom over here and, like, as they do in Star Trek or in the Marvel movies or in Star Wars, right? They just came over here and they're checking us out, you know, and they're going to leave. And, and so what are what you talking about there is, is it
0: possible? Well, with what we know, what we've observed of that ability to manipulate gravity and space-time, if they're doing that, could they have found a way to simply bend space-time to travel here? Well, according to what we know, yes, that is theoretically sure. possible. However, what we're really talking about here is what's known as the Fermi Paradox. And this came out a few years ago. It was the question posed as to they were, why haven't we seen extraterrestrials is what they were, they were asking. And basically it came down to, hey, either we're the first race of beings to ever venture out into space. So maybe we will then eventually become the one day aliens. Or B, they're they're already so advanced they just don't care about us to interact enough. But this, what we have, this evidence in hand we have that we are seeing these UAPs would suggest otherwise. And what it lends itself heavily to is that we might in fact be looking at maybe yeah. us from the future or maybe a a civilization that has developed this technology and is coming back to observe things at certain sure. periods of I time. And there's, there's while this is major speculation at this point, and again, warning, warning, it, it is possible according to the physics sure. as we understand them. Yeah. And it is just as likely, and that's that's one thing you'll hear us saying here, is is just as likely, most likely, yeah. things like that. It is just as likely that these could be from another area, another part of the galaxy coming
1: to observe. Absolutely. You know you know the most powerful thing is not what we know or what we don't know. It's what we don't know we don't know. (laughs) And I know it's incredibly confusing. Exactly. And this is this is what we like to
0: call this is what we like to call intelligence gaps. And this is a big thing inside of of the IC. We have what we call intelligence and our leaders, when they when they ask for a decision, uh, you know, it, it, hey, should we should we go take out this this building because we think there's a bad guy in here? They want to hear what yeah. our gaps are. Do we definitively know, or do we just kind of assume? And this is this is where we're getting into what's called intelligence yeah. gaps. And let's say with medium confidence that we we assess that they are of not of this place and yes we
1: know they are yes that's a very very good point. We know they are not a we know based on medium confidence they are not of the current human species. The current Homo sapiens species they are not And maybe that's something that's
0: possible. We do know that they like to appear over certain areas of the country. There have been a lot of a lot of sightings according to the National UFO Center over Virginia DC. Uh, according to the Iranians, they've they've gone over Bushir, their their uh nuclear sites. Uh they've been over the Strait of Hormuz, they've been inside of Russia, over mm-hmm. Moscow. All these reports coming in that uh while not completely confirmed, as we can say with like the Navy videos, uh they do tend to get some credence simply because they are describing the exact same yeah. phenomena. They're not People being, being beamed up and rectally yeah. examined, but these are aircraft that seem to emit a light, uh, that are, that are moving extremely. They're either hovering moving extremely fast or making maneuvers that are not possible
1: by current, understanding. which I guess, you know, that's a good point, right? There is absolutely no government confirmation of any active involvement with the human species. They, they, there's been defensive involvement, um, But they have, there's, again, there's never been any, it doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but there's never been any uh, confirmed interaction with the human race. It's all been very passive. Um, What we also know is that the majority of these confirmed sightings happen over the water. The majority of these confirmed sightings are off the coast of, in the United States at least, are off the coast of Florida and California. They tend to be out over the water, which could be just their way of trying to reduce impact.
0: Right. And I, I think everything we've seen up to this point has to yeah. confirm that fact. Like I said, we're talking 73 years mm-hmm. of known interaction. No indication yeah. of violence. I would with high confidence say they are yes. observing. Why? Yeah. No idea. But they are in fact observing. So yes or no, what is our assessment here? Do UAPs, UFOs yes. exist? With high
1: confidence, I would say. Where, where are you at?
0: Yeah, definitively, I would say at this point, uh, they absolutely Congrats, agree. America,
1: UFOs exist.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> we, we, we've done it. We've done it, folks. But um, high confidence, they absolutely exist. I would say medium confidence that we absolutely know that they're they are able to manipulate gravity. But what else that means, we're not entirely right. certain.
1: So what? Well, let me ask you, Chuck. You're briefing the general. You're briefing the president of the United States. I'm the president of the United States, Chuck. Are they a threat? And two, what should I do? Right now, what should I do? So, of course,
0: my response would be given standing in perfect military briefing pattern with my hands clasped in front <laughs> of me, ready to gesture as, as necessary, as we were all thought. Um, I would say, absolutely. We know that these craft exist. We know that they're out there and we should not be worried based on the level of interaction that we've seen. We've seen this display of technology uh, that is far surpassing anything that we we have currently. Uh, We have seen, according to Iranian reports, that they can disable electronics at will, uh, but they are not using it maliciously against us, uh, only in a defensive nature. So we should not be worried about it. And they absolutely exist. And that would be my assessment.
1: And, and I, would, I would go as far as to say we, we need to avoid engagement. But if these things are floating over the White House, if these things are floating over major military installations, we should limit engagement. Last thing we want to do is show aggression. These things are, are uh, very technically advanced. And just like the kid in your high school that knows jujitsu, you don't pick a fight with him. <laughs> you know what exactly, it comes down to.
0: Exactly. These things are out there. We know they're out there. If they want to make contact with us, they will do so. And it's important, like you said, that we don't show any aggression towards them. Because they're of no threat to us at this yep. time. And I think, I think with that,
1: I think we've, uh, we've answered the question. Would you agree? I would agree. And thank you all for joining us. By the way, um, I'm going to highly recommend that you crack open – ice cold beer or perhaps a nice glass of wine or as chuck and i are doing right now enjoying a nice finger of whiskey i'm drinking old forester 1920 prohibition style a gift from my ops manager miss vega and uh, what so are you enjoying, I'm actually there, enjoying there, chuck the filling?
0: same thing this is the one thing we actually did discuss ahead of time Ooh. and uh, I, I wanted to try this out. Yes. <laughs> uh, this may be something that we add in as as, as part of our feature here. Is uh, let's let's call it the the Sorry. alcohol review. <laughs> because what what better way to discuss yes, intelligent topics yes, yes. than by killing our brain cells ahead of time?
1: Certainly, certainly. It's a happy day. It's a happy day. So, what? Give me a quick rundown, ten seconds or less, and then sign us out with our. Okay, Classic so uh, it, I'm Chuck. a
0: Scots drinker by trade, uh, so I would call this drink offensive. Offensive by nature. Simply because <laughs>
1: <laughs> a, a, true a, a, a Scots
0: drinker <laughs> understands your, your whiskey must be aged in barrels until it has very delicate, refined notes. Uh, this is prohibition style, which essentially means to me it was made to have an extremely high alcohol content and not taste very good because people just wanted to get fucked up back during
1: Prohibition. And that is 100% true. And it's 57.5% alcohol. Um, and that is a little piece of knowledge. And knowledge is power. And when you don't have knowledge, you're ignorant.
0: Ignorance is a slow death. Is a slow
1: death. Thank yep. you guys and for And we'll see you next answer. time on it.
0: Redacted Gentlemen.